0: Good morning, friends. Welcome to an extremely off-timed Mavs party, but I got a free hour. It's been kind of a weird few weeks at the Henderson household, so I've not done much of anything Mavs-related, but the season starts real soon. Uh, Mavs Media Day is tomorrow, which is kind of the last, um, sort of the last gasp of off-season. You know, you get everybody together. Uh, They take all their media day pictures, the team does, everybody's available for questions, and usually the mood is still pretty light. Um, If With Rick Carlisle, it was usually the last time that he asked um, or he answered questions in a way where you thought he was a human being, uh, as opposed to some of the weird stuff um, that you would see during the season. Jason Kidd seemed to be... He kind of had the same tenor the whole year where he would, you know, answer questions and avoid questions, but he wouldn't do the things Carlisle would do, which would, you know, just be like dance around topics entirely. Um, so it should be kind of a kind of a, a fun, you know, a fun process. This team has expectations, but I don't think they're uh, an unbearable weight of expectations where they're, they're starting the season as like championship uh, contenders. You know, they're, they're kind of fringe status. The fact that they've Taken a little bit of a step back by losing Brunson, but with Christian Wood, there's a big X factor. Um, let me see. Sorry about the uh, the sound. How's how's it how's it now, Doctor Sager? Let me just mess with my headset a little bit. Hmm. Don't know what I was doing wrong. Um, sitting in the same way. It Could be just how I was sitting. You know, remember, folks, you want to sit with your shoulders back. Um, anyhow, so let's. Uh, Let's talk, you know, come up here. Let me know what uh, what you're thinking about the, the season, um, what you're thinking about media day, what questions you would like to to ask were you to do it. We don't really get anybody to go from Mavs Moneyball just because it's Monday in the middle of the day and there's not a one of us that doesn't have a, a day job. So it's going to be um, difficult. I'm sure some of the other outlets that you follow, uh, you know, past the Dallas Morning News will will be there. Um let me see here so we got one question in the chat that I think is worth answering is you know how is Josh Green's development of being a true point guard going you know Green is probably past you know Christian Wood Green is probably the single biggest Dallas Mavericks question uh we've seen these short cl- like snippets it, it drives me a little crazy. It brings the pessimist in me out where it's like eight to nine seconds of Josh green, like doing two dribble moves and then shooting the ball and it looking, I don't know. It's fine. Like I expect the professional basketball player to hit open shots. Like I don't, I don't really know what to do with some of this stuff. Um, but we will, we will see where, where he is this year because his sort of development, if there has been any, if there, you know, if if he takes any sort of positive step, uh, particularly in terms of confidence, it's not a skill thing with him. I don't think it's really a uh, just the willingness to shoot or do something productive on the floor to make himself a threat. Uh, you know, he he went and played more minutes this last year than I really remember him playing, which to me says I'm I'm just so biased against him at this point that. I'm probably a bad person to talk about green. I ended up um I wrote we're getting together all of our Mavs Moneyball coverage and I wrote the uh the season preview. So we will um we'll see we'll see where things are. Nick in the in the chat notes Mo Bamba had those short video clips where he was hitting corner threes. He's a cautionary tale. Um yeah, I, I I'm looking forward. Like nothing would and and those of you who are in here I, I I beg of you to to help hold me accountable if Josh Green has a very good year, nothing would please me more than being wrong um it's not dissimilar to sort of my my frustration around year two Jalen Brunson, uh, who obviously blew up in a big way in year three and then in year four became you know the mavericks probably most consistent player um <laughs> Edgar asks in the chat, "The really good. I'm glad you asked this, Edgar, because this is um, this is this is gonna be a fun topic." He says, uh, "Kirk, are you in an uproar that the professional basketball player Christian Wood thinks he's the second best Mav? Uh What Edgar is referring to is a little snippet on the Hoop Collective Pod from Tim McMahon, where where he notes that that Wood thinks he's you know probably the second best Maverick. Being the second best Maverick with this team is is such a hilariously pointless title because Luka Doncic is that much better than everyone else. Now, I now's probably the time to to cape to the fact that I outside of you know watching him play with the Rockets, watching him play with Summer League years and years ago, I watched one game of him with Detroit. I've seen Christian Wood play less than 15 times. The talent is there. The execution and effort have not been there consistently. And that is one reason among many why he hasn't stuck with a team. This is his last best opportunity to prove himself. He will probably get another NBA contract. He, he probably will six foot 11 guys who can shoot the ball. Like he can tend to get, tend to get chances until, you know, and, and, until they're simply, you know, he ages himself out of his skill more or less. If his athleticism declines, like he'll just play forever. Um, you know, probably another five or six years in the league would be my bet, but he's making a lot of money this year. And this is a chance for him to theoretically make a lot of money again. And in order to do that, he's going to have to play to the best of his abilities and be on his best behavior. Now all accounts from Houston was that he was actually a pretty good teammate. Uh, He went there to play with John wall and things blew up really early. So there's, you know, an argument to be made that, that he's in the right headspace to contribute to this team. Um, I could see like, if, if he's the second best Maverick, I have no problem with that. If he's the fourth best Maverick, I have no problem with that either. What he has to do is is basically contribute in a um, in a positive fashion consistently. Okay, there was a there was an interesting discussion that I heard uh, on the True hoop discussion about Dennis Dennis Schroder who who went back to the Lakers on a minimum deal, and Brian Windhorst basically made the point that you know when you're a twenty million dollar a year player, you don't really get to hide. You are constantly on. Um, you were constantly, you know, up for for um, criticism and things like that. But when you're a minimum player like Schrader is now, it you can afford to basically disappear. So with Wood, you know, Wood, this is this is going to be Woods' year because he's he's one of the higher paid Mavericks. He's come in and you know I, I'm going to be very curious to see if Kid actually doesn't start him. That would strike me as insane. Uh, but you know the defensive effort has been something that's always um, that's always been a really big question. So it's it's sort of I'm gonna be curious. That's that's one of the things I'm really looking forward to tomorrow is seeing how Jason Kidd, Christian Wood, and Javale McGee sort of skirt around these questions because it was widely reported that the Mavericks promised McGee a starting spot. Uh, but McGee, if you've looked into him at all during this offseason, you will see that he is – he's not played over 20 minutes a game in several years, and he really is – he's really a 15-minute-a-night guy. I mean, he's 34 years old. He's going to be 37 by the time his contract is up. He has asthma, which is part of why he doesn't play in like these long bursts. He's going to give the Mavericks a little bit here and there, but I really – I don't see him closing games. I just—I just I just don't. Um, so we'll see, we'll see that go where that goes there. Um, all right, we've got a question. And again, guys, you know, you want to hit that speaker button down there at the bottom. I certainly don't want to talk to myself. You guys know, I'd much rather talk to you guys. Um, so we have Andrew who has requested to come up. Oh, we've got a few more requests too. I just didn't see them. Everybody's rusty. It's preseason. Andrew, what's up, buddy? Can you hear me, Kirk? I can hear you. Speak, speak a little louder, though, because the, um, I don't know if the audience can, because the, the, the green light around your name will need to light up like mine is. That, that's how you can tell it's registering. All right, sounds good. Uh, the reason why I came up here and had a question was uh, when Jason Kidd first got hired, obviously there was a lot of baggage around his name being hired, but the one thing that everybody said was this guy can develop young players. So I was, if I was up there and would have had a question, I would ask, what was the blueprint that you gave some of these young guys like a Jaden Hardy, Or I am the one that made the Josh Green comment, because I am a Josh Green fan, but I think this is the last year for me to be in on him. So what what did Jason Kidd do as a blueprint, like work on these certain things, and to to help us in the upcoming season that we have? Thanks, Andrew. Appreciate it. So if anybody couldn't hear, he he said he would ask Jason Kidd, what blueprint did he give to the younger players? What things were they to go out and work on in the offseason? That is an excellent question. Um, with Green, I think we've seen elements of it, particularly with it's like making quick decisions once you get the basketball, it looks like. With Hardy, Hardy's a fun one. We're going to try it, Magic ball. I don't know if we're going to do it just because it's hard. But we're going to try to keep up with the legends a little bit this year. And Hardy's development up there, for me, is going to basically focus on whether or not he can attack off the dribble. Um, He had a bit of a tough time in summer league after that first game where anytime a second guy was around, he really forced the issue. He had a lot of turnovers. Um, And for someone who was initially pegged as a point guard – I'm just – that's a, it's a minor thing. I think that Hardy can shoot the crap out of the ball. He's a very confident shooter. Like, if you were to inject his confidence into Josh Green, who I actually think has developed a pretty nice-looking shot relative to where it was, um, you would have one heck of a player. Those are kind of the only two younger Mavs players. Everybody else uh, – the Mavericks are are <laughs> – remember last year how they would always say the Mavericks were a young team? I'm pretty sure that by average age now the Mavericks are among the top like the five oldest teams in the league. I need to look this up. That's something uh that's something. Oh, Jose in the chat says Tim Hardaway type confidence. It's funny. My my friend Jazz said the that she refers to Jaden Hardy as um uh Tim Hardaway junior junior, which is my favorite nickname for him at the moment. Um yeah, Ethan in the chat set says what he would ask is uh, how they feel comfortable with only two ball handlers. Another very, very interesting question that I can't wait to see how they answer. So far, the party line from Cuban has been, we feel confident in Frank Nelikina's ball handling abilities to run the offense for 10 minutes at a time, which that is I feel like they watched a different season of basketball with Frank if that's if that's actually their plan because I thought Frank was really fun as sort of a spot up shooter that only played like he played defense and shot the ball those were his two things like 3 and D wing I mean he's a huge guy so like that was that was definitely um that was something that, that I'm I'm very into. All right. So, yeah, I'm sorry you guys couldn't hear Andrew. We're going to work out the audio kinks with people as we go along. But that was a really good question, Andrew. I thank you. All right, coming up next, our
1: longtime friend, Chris. How are you, Chris? It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah, it's been, been a long time. I'm looking forward to the season. It's creeping up on us uh, going to that first uh, home game on Saturday against the Grizzlies. Looking forward to that. So the one question I would ask during media day would be to Mark Cuban: Is uh, Dwight Powell going to break the Dirk record and play for the Mavs for 22 years? So is, <laughs> he's still on the roster, right? <laughs> nah, nah, I'm just teasing with, uh, with Dwight Powell. He, it, it's uh, it's okay. I mean, I don't think he's gonna get as many minutes this year as he did last year. Obviously, with him, with us having uh, Wood and uh, McGee, and also, but yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to the season. I know we haven't had any blockbuster, any really anything happen, but besides Wood and McGee, I mean, I'm really curious about. I have no idea what these guys. I've seen Jaden Hardy play a little bit during summer league, but Tyler Dorsey, I really don't go on YouTube and look up these people, so I don't. I have, I have no idea who. If there's anybody that's intriguing you on the the training camp roster, I mean, they haven't even started training camp yet. But is there anybody that you think might stick out or? I'm glad
0: you brought up Tyler Dorsey because I just misstated something that my friend, my friend Jazz said that Tyler Dorsey is, is Tim Hardaway Jr. Jr. Cause number oh, one, he's a hand, he, he's a handsome guy. Uh, Dorsey is number two. He played extraordinarily well with the Greek national team in the Euro, uh, uh, in Eurobasket this year. Like really like just a willingness to let it fly and. I don't know if the Mavericks have the best shooters surrounding Luca this year, but they certainly have a bunch of guys who are willing to let it shoot. Right. And, and, you know, one of the things that crushed us during elements of, like, March and April was when we were all screaming at Maxi, who was just terrified to shoot. You know, Powell's not exactly a willing shooter. Green's not a willing shooter. With Tim Hardaway out, that left, like, Spencer, Dorian. I mean, even Jalen Brunson, to an extent, was not a willing catch-and-shoot guy. So yeah. it's like they have a bunch of dudes around that are like absolutely willing to to let the ball go. I think you're gonna there there's a question in the chat about like what sort of happens with this last um, roster spot. My my I know you didn't ask this, but this is a good question because it relates to what you're talking about with these guys at camp. I think they keep Tyler Dorsey on a two way deal for as long as they can. And then if nothing materializes, maybe he actually ends up on the team. Um I he can't play a lick of defense, but he's like, he's a he's a shooter scorer type.
1: My so I think you'll like whole, him. Uh, I had a question about this whole one roster spot thing. I mean, really, if it came down to it, if they filled it with, they pick up somebody, but then there was somebody else that they're like, oh, we got to get this guy. Couldn't they just cut Theo Pinson yes. or something? I mean, just yes so- they can. But the the
0: mm-hmm. the elephant in the room, and frankly, something that I'm not willing to get into quite yet is with the Mavericks and the luxury tax. Every dollar that they go over has to be something that Cuban is willing to do and they're paying a lot of money for this team and like when you cut a guy who makes i don't know let's just make up a figure a hundred thousand there there's a a dollar like it, it is it costs him well more than that to 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 bring in someone new even at a minimum deal it's it's pretty exp- it, it can get to be kind of prohibitively expensive, particularly if it's like a veteran guy. So they're really a lot of teams like the Lakers did this for for years where it's like you leave a couple of spots open because really if you have 13 guys, you don't need 15 on a given night. We see yeah. this with the you know you, you just look at the roster. they play 10, 11 guys mostly. The NBA went from having like a 13 active man roster to a 15 active man roster several years ago. And it really didn't make much of a difference. So there's, there's. Elements we're going of that. into
1: a season though that we finally have size. Uh, just hopefully nobody gets injured. But I mean, that I mean that's what killed us in the conference finals. I mean, sure. Taylor Brunson's great and all, but we were getting out rebounded like crazy. That was, I mean, the War. No, the Warriors are kick-ass anyway. But yeah, that would have helped. We could have competed in more games if we would have got a lot more rebounds. But I mean, we got Matt Dwight Powell is, I, I believe, I think he was our starting center or power forward or something, uh, in the Western conference finals, or maybe he wasn't playing a lot of minutes. I don't remember, but I just, yeah, we got out rebounded a lot. As long as we got Luca, I mean, I'm going to go into every season and say, Oh, as long as we got Luca, but I mean, he was even on uh, NBA today saying, he was asked, do you think you need another superstar with you? And even he said, no, I mean, we we've seen Dirk take the master of the finals and he was the only all-star on the team. So, I mean, that can happen. You just got to have a good, a lot of good solid role players and, Hopefully we can uh, hit lighting in a bottle again and at least get to the Western Conference Finals. So I'm, it's gonna be a t- tough one this year, though, with you know <laughs> the competition. So.
0: Well, I, I like it because you know we went into last season with six centers and none of us liked any of the centers. Like there was a clear, oh my God, they have a bunch of guys that none of us really like outside of Maxi Kleba. You know it's like there's Willie Cauley Stein, there was Moses Brown, and none of those guys finished the the season, you know, with the team. And so it's like right now you're looking at, you know, somebody said Dwight Powell doesn't have a role with this team. Dwight Powell still played minutes, but it's it's going from like whatever he played last year and reducing it by probably thirty to forty percent, and hoping to only get him in small bursts against, frankly, second second team guys not starters and so there's there's elements of this where i feel at the moment a lot better about their big men but it goes to what you what we're our kind of constant concern is well we went from not having any size to having size but then we go from having ball handlers to having two um and and that's going to be it's just going to be interesting to see what they do
1: yeah it could be in the middle of the season maybe there'd be a disgruntled player on on another team that wants out and maybe we can Maybe that one roster spot is for that, you know, it just to yeah. kind of have a backup plan. But I, lastly, I just hope we go into the season, not like last year, where it was like we were winning some games, but they were grind out stressful yeah. games. I, I, and we were all asking for more Moses Brown minutes. Like, it was just kind of a dark time. But I even. It's just so crazy how far we got. Like, you know, towards the end of the season in the Western Conference Final, that was just a great run. But hopefully uh, we'll go into the season, everybody stays healthy, and Luka's going to be in shape. I mean – He's been playing good in Slovenia, so I'm looking forward to the season.
0: All right, man. Thanks for joining. We will uh, – I need to get back on my, like, regular posting schedule because it's I, what happened was exactly what I said would happen in the sense <laughs> of once I stopped doing stuff, I really stopped doing stuff, and then, like, my dog had brain surgery, which is a thing. Oh, uh, Huck's fine. Huck's fine, by the way. He just looks like uh, – he, he just doesn't have any hair on top of his head and a really kick-ass scar. Um. <laughs> Hopefully, I hope he's okay. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's just like so. It's like all sorts of life stuff happening. I was like, well, I don't want to say anything too stupid about the match because you know, it's like it's like mid-August, and sometimes we, you can just see like like touch the. You go on Reddit, and it's like somebody somebody posted something about well, whatever. Hell, like why did Josh Richardson not work out? It's like oh my God, if we're talking about this. I don't know if I can participate. <laughs> oh, don't don't bring up the whole Seth Curry thing. I'm still mad about. that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, well, you have a nice day, Chris. Thanks for joining. Yes, sir, you too. All right. Coming up next, we have my man Jay Pry. What's up? Hey Kurt. How are you doing, man? I'm good. What's going on today? Ah, well,
2: I got a very pleasant surprise that we were having a Spotify live, so that was uh that was great to see.
0: Yeah, I meant to do it I meant to do it on Friday, but my, and I'm um, glad you didn't. <laughs> my 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 boss got fired like ten days ago, and I'm somehow now a, a like a boss without getting paid like it. And so it's like every like my days keep escaping me. But I'm glad uh, we're doing one today. So what's going on?
2: Uh, you know, I I really just I have a a pretty uh hype prediction for christian wood man i think that he's going to be a fringe all-star this year Um, whether if you know he gets one of those last couple of spots on the all-star team or he you know just barely misses it i really do think that he's gonna i mean if he doesn't perform then that's really going to affect his wallet moving forward and so if there was ever a year for him to just pull something out of his ass and you know average 24 and 10 it would be this season well,
0: we'll see. I, I, the, the rebounding is, is – you know, this is a, this is an inside baseball thing, but I think Luka likes to rebound and push on his own, just like Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. There okay. is an argument to be made, though, that the physical toll on him grabbing nine rebounds a game over 82 games a year is not necessarily the best thing for him, his body, and the team. The Mavericks now have a bunch of guys who can go board. Um yeah. And so I wonder with Luca in particular, like what if we saw like an uptick where he goes from like 27 points a game to like 28 and a half, 29. And I know that you guys are like, well, it's only two points. What are you talking about, Kirk? Through, through he, he gets the line a little more and you know, maybe shoots a little better percentage from certain areas because he's not as tired from having to go bored all the time. I, I wouldn't, what is such a fascinating test case with what the Mavericks want to do because he on like in 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 2K. If you guys have played 2K23 yet, Luca and Christian Wood are god mode. It is not fair. <laughs> like, oh, seriously. I'm gonna, to, I'm gonna have to try that. Hell yeah. Because he's like he's a he's literally a better shooter than um than than Kristaps well, Porzingis. Yeah. Like it it like it, in terms of both volume and in terms of of makes. So and then he can actually put the ball on the floor. Like it's kind of crazy to say it's where it's like oh well he's better than than Porzingis like on offense he is better than Porzingis this is yeah. not
2: there is there was someone who i heard the other day that was saying that Christian Wood can't dribble the
0: ball and i was like there's definitely oh, highlight Troy in the chat says we're underestimating Wood's ability to create yeah i mean the, he he's essentially he's essentially a 6 foot 11 wing if yeah. if we're being like he is not a big man like he can rebound but it's not like he's a banger in the post He's a skilled like he's you know he's a skilled 611 guy so I, I a big season from him I don't like that we're relying on it okay because it, it frightens me because he's just not been that reliable but if if he actually shows out let's say he plays really well for 50 games that's great for the Mavericks like that would go a long way towards assuaging everyone's fears about the Mavericks somehow dropping into like the play-in range of the playoff race right. So what else you got for us? Anything? Uh, no, that
2: was, that was just about it. I've just, I've been seeing some real mixed takes on uh Christian wood. And so I thought that I'd fire out that. I think that, uh, I think he's going to potentially be an all-star this season, a fringe all-star, if you will. So
0: good. Good. That'd be great for Dallas. All <laughs> right, man, We'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Take care, Kirk. Um, I think I'll do one of these tomorrow night after media day, after Josh Bo and I record at night. Um, so just you know, everybody kind of pencil that in. I'll try to do it probably you know 10:30, 11. We'll see. Uh, Central Time. All right, coming up next is my man, Mr. Williams. How we doing, friend? What's up, Kirk? How you feeling, man? I am great. Did what you, do you finish, finish today? Cobra Kai? Did you finish Cobra Kai? I did. Kai? Wait, I, sh- I forgot to follow up with you about that. We should just we yeah, we, we should this become a, a Cobra Kai. Uh, spotify live where we just talk about the show for half an hour mm-hmm. i could do that uh, hey i really could because we can talk about that last scene with sensei creep which was hilarious so amazing like the show is such garbage and i love every minute of it <laughs> it's
1: crazy all right so with mobs media Day, the one question i'd ask is um since we're relying so heavily on Frank nilakina to be the back point guard and he actually dribbles like stanley from the office Um, what was the injury that stopped him from Eurobasket that that is so secretive? Ooh.
0: Man, that's a great question. That's something that's gonna get asked tomorrow, too, because he just wasn't around. And because he's Frank Nilakina, no one really cared to ask. It was like, okay, he's out. So it's like, what do you do if your backup point guard is hurt? Interesting.
1: Please ask
0: that one tomorrow. And that's all I get. Yeah. Well, I won't. I won't because I'll be I'll be at home because I don't go to anything. <laughs> um. I don't even know if they would. They, they'd probably credential me, but I don't. You know. I just. It's hard for me to get away during the day, and they do these things from like eleven to four. It's like come on. Jeez, don't work. Yeah. Um. um the, the next thing is, Josh Green's improved jump shot. I mean, it looks like it's gonna have a lot of makes, but. Don't you feel like when he shoots in those new videos, like he's really low to the ground, like those kids that are trying to make a three-point shot? Like he's kind of at like a low, like where he's loading up. Like, yeah, I can see that. I mean, for me, the thing about green always comes down to volume. If you take a look, one of the things, I hate this comparison. It's not fair to green. It's also not fair to Dorian Finney-Smith. But people talk a lot about how Dorian was such a late developer, which is true. Dorian was a senior, uh, like he, he played all four years at Florida, I think, and then came in to Dallas and really wasn't able to shoot very well until the second half of his third or fourth season. If you don't look at his fourth season or third season, he has a lot of volume, and Green just doesn't shoot. You know, he gets in the games for the minutes, but he really doesn't ever shoot the ball. Um, and so, you know, if that's not his game, that's okay. But if they're gonna do something with him, they have to put him in the situation where he can succeed. And I've, you know, I I started to think about this really during the Utah series where where Rudy just did not care that he was on the floor. And if that's the case, then you don't put him in the corner at all. Don't let him just go stand there because then that means his defender is essentially a free safety. You have to do something with Green where he either has the ball in his hands a little bit. Or he's cutting and moving and diving so frequently that it becomes you know a bit of a chaos engine and and I, I'm you know, maybe he did he did develop shot. but I don't necessarily want to bank on that at the moment. Um I would like to see him try because I, I think you know what you know we saw I think it was game three, Utah, where he hit. Like three, he hit all like almost all the shots and was was
1: like it was like four to four or something like that.
0: Like him and Brunson, and then uh, Davis Bertons, I think, were basically the reason we won that game. And it's, it's, there's a, it's like you don't do that by luck, you do that because you're actually good at basketball. So, like, there's elements of this where he just needs to keep firing. You miss the first one, who cares? Like Luca, Lord knows that man misses his first ten shots. He thinks the eleventh through twentieth are going in. And there's this like that comes with experience and with you know confidence in yourself. And and Green is such a unique athlete compared to the rest of the Mavericks roster. Like they they could use him. I I hope he figures it out. Yeah, cares to him like um taking that first shot, and not thinking about it, and a lot less parkour. That's right. That's right. All right, man. You got anything else? That's it, man. Enjoy your day. You as well. Have a good one. Okay. Uh, then, last but not least, here, my buddy Leo. What's going on, my friend?
2: Hi. Um. Just a quick question. Do you? speak
0: think- speaking the mic a little more?
2: Oh, sorry. There we go. Uh, my question would be, do you? Yep. You know, and because, well, we uh, during the offseason interviews at summer league, uh. The GM had said that he had given a role. He had given, like, a set of instructions for Josh Green to get better at during the offseason, but we never got told what those were. And I don't think that they'd be the kind of people that said uh, to be like, hey, we're going to actually play Josh Green, but actually tell the rest of the fan base out. They, like, roll it out little by little. So... Um,
0: yeah. I mean, with him, I think it, it in the first 20 games, they probably it'll I'm guessing that in the first 15 to 20 games, it's going to kind of be like a, a, a script in football where the first the first few drives of the game, you have it mapped out. This is what we're going to do regardless. And, and I, I sort of hope the Mavericks have that with Green where they are saying, OK, we're going to play you 20 to 25 minutes. Um, I want to say he played 15 game last year. And that, that extra five to eight minutes a game, if he does that repeatedly, he will hopefully have enough time to to you know make an impact offensively and defensively, and we'll just make a case for why he needs to be eighth, ninth man. You know, they sort of need him to do that anyways, because I don't really know if they have the bodies. You know, kid'll probably try different stuff different nights. But we we saw what happened when Dorian and and Reggie played 45 minutes a game for a month and a half, like they're just toast. So it's like the ability to spell those two guys who are getting older is really important, I think, for Dallas's success this year. And hopefully they, they have a plan to, and I'm sure they do, you know, to roll out with whatever his, his specific goal, you know, um, with whatever his role is going to be with the team
2: just like a final thing to send up to the universe hopefully it doesn't happen but it might be interesting are you ready to see us trade christian wood and spencer dinwiddie to the chicago Bulls for an expiring shitty contract for a bad Chris christian Porzingis 2.0 and a-
0: wow wow you that's dark good lord for anybody who didn't hear he, he leo asked if we're ready to trade um who did you say you said spencer dinwiddie and christian wood back for Chris christoph's porzingis <laughs> Oh, uh, uh, Leo. All right, man. Thanks so much for hanging out. Okay. Um, we got one more speaker request. It's Troy and that fantastic green Mavericks starter jacket. Hit the unmute button down there at the bottom. What's up, friend? Hey, Kirk. Love you, man.
2: Um just have one quick, probably very unpopular question that will get a lot of hate. Sure. But, uh, back to Brunson. He just had the... Just the perfect scenario this last playoffs. He got paid. Good for him. But we you all know Luca's an okay defender. Brunson is not a great defender. And Brunson against the Clippers last year, we saw it. He just got shut down. I just don't think we could have taken the next step with Brunson and Luka in the backcourt. So I'm honestly a little relieved that he, uh, that he left. I will and- we'll, uh, hop out
0: and hear, hear your thoughts. Well, you know, Troy, it's funny because I was like, one of my my most thrown in my face takes was like a January 2020, yeah, it was like 2020. It was before COVID really broke the league down where I I tweeted something out along the lines of, it was like another long Brunson two and I was like, trade this man immediately right now. And I, at that point, so we're talking year two, of this pairing thought that it wouldn't work. Um, I eventually came around on it because they made it work where Brunson, Spencer, Luca essentially ran a triple option where it was three guys who play very different styles of basketball, each getting high usage. Um, I think you're probably right that in the long term of Brunson pairing wasn't going to work. I think the Mavericks thought that too where this becomes frustrating is they let an asset walk for free when their asset depleted. Um, they didn't have a lot of choice in it because if you're not going to trade Brunson before the trade deadline last year, then you're kind of shit out of luck. They, they weren't in a position to leverage a sign and trade at all. We kind of know that now, but where that gets just kind of increasingly frustrating is, you know, you, you hire and have like a front office to be able to see all the moves on the board. And this one seemed to come out of nowhere. I mean, I have been told that by the time Mark Cuban said, uh, you know, we can offer him the most money and we're confident that he's coming back. They were pretty sure that he was gone, that it was outside. Like at that point, he had made up his mind, like it was outside of their control. It's just he blew up in such a way. That it made him feel like a necessary part of this team. You know, they wouldn't. They might not have beat Utah without Brunson. I, I think that's a fair, um, fair position to take. I mean, he was unbelievable in Game Three, and even in Game One and Two, he was pretty dang good. Um, so there's there's elements of this that just come back to it being really like frustratingly handled. Um, but i think that that you know over the long term they have a pretty good idea of what sort of team they want to build around luca and it starts and ends with everybody being big um this line the lineups they're going to be able to put out this year everyone is going to be like six five or taller everyone um and that you know luca might not be the best at defense but being big is the is probably the it's the key distinction between him and trey young it's it's the fact that he can just take up space you know he might not be be phenomenal but the ability to to not get destroyed in the post versus just being a a saloon door you know that matters over the course of the year and then then the playoffs so so that's where i end up with that man i'm looking forward to talking about all this stuff um looking forward to talking about all this stuff more as we get on Coop in the chat asks is do you think brunson had a terrible playoffs? he'd still be a maverick no no i don't i think the knicks were ready to pay anything it took um they had a plan where they they really earnestly thought they were going to get donovan mitchell and jill brunson which that like what they thought they were going to win with that is beyond me but hey who knows um okay so tentative plan we'll be back on the uh the grid tomorrow night after media day want you guys if you can if i'm going to give everybody homework let's pay attention to what the folks on the ground there are tweeting out uh we got a lot of good people out there in Mads world that do the grunt work so that i don't have to um and we can talk about you know what people said what we think start overreacting to stuff Basketball is back real soon. We got three uh, preseason games here in October. Mavs Moneyball pre uh, a preseason coverage starts in earnest on Tuesday. I have, a, I have 22, 22 to 25 posts already in the hopper that we're just going to roll out on a daily basis until the regular season, covering all sorts of stuff, including player previews, roundtables, big picture kind of concepts. You know, we have... A number of new writers who have signed up with us we have gambling things coming because sooner or later the state of texas will uh, uh, approve you know sports gambling and we're all going to want to be in on that um and even more you know we're i'm looking forward to what my my partner josh bow writes he's kind of in his point in the in his process where he um is not really looking forward to basketball <laughs> but once things start you know he's going to be back on that grind uh, we'll see what, you know, the other sites are coming up with. I really like talking about what the other great uh, Mavericks websites out there are putting together. So, you know, as usual, tell your friends. We're going to get back on this horse. We're going to have fun. Uh, tell tell your friends about this. These Spotify lives are a great time. I really like talking with you guys. Um, I, I, I miss this. So have a good Sunday, and we will talk with you soon.